0: All right, Welcome to the Books by Authors podcast. How are you doing today? Doing well. How are you? I cannot complain, you know, just, just getting through. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you introduce yourself for the listeners?
1: Yeah, sure thing. My name is Lane Northcutt. I'm a brand new self-published author. Um, I published in the young adult dystopian genre. Um, the book is called The Delivery Company, and it just came out on December 12th.
0: Hey, how is that? That's, that's super recent.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, we're almost, we're about a month and a half out um, at, at this time. So I have already recouped all of my initial investment, which is great. Hey. Um, I've sold over 360 copies. Last I checked in five different countries and three continents. And um, I've hit 20 reviews on Amazon and almost the same on Goodreads. So it's going fairly well. So,
0: <laughs> Hey, congratulations. It's glad to hear that.
1: Yeah. Thanks.
0: So what do you think has contributed to that success?
1: Um, to be honest, I think it's a lot of word of mouth and, and like boots on the ground marketing. You know, I, mm. I uh, focused a lot of my attention really on my hometown. I'm, I'm originally from Frankfurt, Kentucky. So um, I, I focused a lot of my effort and attention on reaching out to the local newspaper, newspapers, um, Facebook posts to friends and family and just relying a lot really on on word of mouth. And I did that starting probably a couple months before the book came out. So I had a, an interview with the local newspaper both before the book came out and then right after to let them know that signed copies were available at a local indie bookstore there in the hometown.
0: Hey, that's awesome. Yeah, that's really good to know. Um, what's the, talk a little bit about the book. Talk a little bit about what, what the book's about um dystopian i'm really interested already
1: yeah yeah so the delivery company is a young adult dystopian novel that focuses primarily on two different teenagers right and it takes place in a society where essentially the government has created this facility known as the delivery company that attempts to create the ideal child right for for Mm -hmm. families who either can't have children or would like to adopt other children and in doing so they they keep these children in this facility until adoption day where the families can come by and choose their their what's what's known as replacement child right so the replacements are bred and born and bred to to be the perfect ideal child to go into the home and just assimilate into family life and that is where anna comes in she is a 16 year old and she is still in the facility really excited to be adopted by a new family and everything is great. She's done well on all of her exams and she's she's ready for adoption day. Um, but unfortunately things go things go a little bit differently than she planned and she ends up what's known as rejected and the rejected are a group of kids who live outside the wall of the city where the delivery company in creating the ideal children have also thrown away those who have any sort of disability or, um, illness Mm -hmm. that is uncurable. And so, you know, if you're, if you have what they would deem a flaw, they basically throw you down a trash chute and, and into the junkyard. And so, um, you know, throughout the last couple generations, there's been uh, a guy who, who has taken basically everybody that he can save from the junkyard into a a small city outside of the wall. Um, and, and that is where the rejected live and Anna meets sticks, who is our other protagonist we focus through, um, in the junkyard after she's been rejected and he is hesitant, but, you know, basically leads her back to tent city and, and tries to decide whether or not she's trustworthy. And she and and sticks attempt to dismantle the very system that created them.
0: Awesome! How did you how did you come up with this? This is <laughs> super interesting.
1: Thanks. Um, well, the the initial question really for the novel was: What would happen if the government just decided that those of us with a chronic illness or disability just weren't fit to live? We're a burden on society. Mm. Um, and 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 the idea came I would say not not too long after really my I have I got diagnosed with Crohn's disease um, in 2018 and I started the first draft of this book in 2019 and so I, I think it, it it all kind of stemmed a little bit from that and um, you know I I had that initial question and then I immediately had the character the characters actually of Styx and Anna and and this this facility, and then I kind of grew the world around them, hmm. um, knowing who they were and and the trajectory I wanted for them and and you know and there's also there's also that that thought of um, found family and alternative family and I, I really wanted to showcase this whole other community I wanted to represent a group of people who often aren't represented, especially in young Mm -hmm. adult fiction, Um, the disabled and, and, you know, those, those who have a disability or chronic illness are are not really shown much in, in a lot of media. And and if they are, oftentimes it's not shown in the right light either. So um, I did a lot of research. I I reached out to a lot of people. I interviewed people. I talked to friends of mine who were a part of the community. I use personal experience. Um, I also have ADHD and, and that, that comes into play a little bit, but um the series is you know it's a trilogy and and the first book really I I started with with world building and and getting you into the world of the characters and getting to know really their situation as a whole um and book 2 really dives in head first into the issues that these kids face on the daily while also showing that they they have this external problem still of the delivery company to to take down because they're much bigger than they you know they would ever think and and there's a lot of issues going on, but they also have their own issues to deal with. So, you know, it's, uh, yeah, but it all started with that initial question of of what would happen if if those of us who were deemed, you know, a burden on society were just thrown down the trash chute.
0: Yeah, that it's a powerful message. And I think that what you just discussed and what you touched on is so important, like representing different communities in writing and making sure that, it, it sounds like you did your research, interviewing people, making sure to get the right, me- the, the right uh, messages through in your writing. Like That, that makes a huge difference.
1: Oh, absolutely. I, I fully believe in research and due diligence when it comes to writing. And, and really anything, I think, if you're going to create something you know, and put something out there, if it's not just for yourself and, and somebody else will lay eyes on that, you want to make sure that you're doing your best not to, to offend or misrepresent. Because mm. I I have told many people this throughout the last uh, few weeks, um, specifically actually that that I would much rather be known for terrible writing, bad pacing, and awful character development than as the guy who misrepresented an entire group of people.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's a hard label to get rid of once you do that.
1: Absolutely. I can fix my craft, um, but I don't I don't I don't believe that you can really, really fix the uh, the problem of, of personality when it comes to that, you know.
0: Yeah, that's a little bit harder. to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so just switching the gears a little bit, I wanted to ask, um, can you talk a little bit about your process, um, how you go about uh, drafting a story, um, plotting out a narrative and creating characters? Absolutely. Um... <laughs>
1: So it's been an interesting ride for me because this was my debut novel, not to say that I haven't written parts of books before but this is the first time I've ever fully finished something that I was very proud of and and put out into the world and my process has been up until the final draft of this book to kind of be a pantser right I, I sit down I let the characters do what they want and I kind of run with it. However that led to i would say four or five drafts before it went to the editor which for me personally is just way too many i i can't i can't have that many drafts before <laughs> i put out a book because that's just going to take me forever and that's way too many decisions to make you know when it comes to to editing so you know i i sat down with my wife who is my ideal reader she she reads a lot of young adult primarily and and i went through the the story with her and and after going through some beta reads and I said, you know, what do I do to to really fix this story fully? And how can I really make my process more efficient? And I sat down with her and we created index cards for each chapter. I wrote briefly on the back of each one, what is going on in that scene or chapter. And I color coded them based on the point of view so that I could visually represent everything that's going on in the book. And since then, i have fully transitioned into a plotter um or a planter almost i would say because i i've i've started to create the the path you know I, i've plotted the 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 points along the path that i'm going to walk
0: mm. but
1: i'm free to roam within that that path so i color code i use scrivener now um i didn't do that before but i i use scrivener and pro writing aid in addition to to Word. I still use Word for a lot of formatting and to send to the editor so that we can use track changes. But um, but yeah, I color code. I, I do the story act, the save the cat structure with the three act structure as well. So I, I color code, you know, green is act one, uh, yellow is act 2.0, orange is 2.5, and red is three. So I can visually see where I'm at in the novel as well. And then I can kind of, kind of get a good grasp on how much I've, I've, got left to do and how much i've completed so far
0: yeah that sounds like a it sounds like a lot of the processes i i'm hearing from people it's like if, especially if you're if you're used to panting it's uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> when you start once you get to the editing phase panting is almost it's it's so it's so much more difficult
1: oh yeah i hate my i hate my past self usually when i <laughs> when i pants a novel and i look back when i'm editing i'm like oh man why why did you do that and there are so many plot holes. Were were you not planning this at all? Like, but uh, but you know, I will say the other side of pantsing though that I that I do still kind of use a little bit is is that freedom to add things in after the fact because because sometimes you don't allow yourself if you're plotting to to really uh, discover as much you know as you would when you're pantsing. So I, I plot, but I still allow the discovery. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's important because part of part of the, part of the fun, honestly, with writing is when the characters start doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and <laughs> it's hard to be it's hard to be a plotter when characters start doing their own thing. <laughs> I know in my book, um, our book is releasing pretty soon. Uh, my brother and I co-authored, and it was so hard at one point, especially in the middle of the book, where the characters just started feeling differently than the way we felt the story should go, mm-hmm. and. We had to just we had to just let them do their thing and then tried yeah. to rein them back in in different edits and eventually you know it all gets back together
1: <laughs> and and how was that for you was it was it nice or was it kind of uh scary to have the the characters
0: just run on, on their own so i think for myself like i'm a big i'm a big plotter like i need i wanted to have all the story beats outlined and i noticed at one point one of the characters His perspective ended up being very different than the way I planned it. Mm -hmm. For some reason, he just was a different person. Like I I started writing, and he was—he was supposed to have one personality and everything. (laughs) All of his decisions led to a different one. So, uh, for that character, it was a lot of fun because it was probably the most fun I had writing was his Mm -hmm. character. Because the entire time, I was just trying to figure out how we were gonna make this get to the point where. We needed to get it um, for the final story beats to happen because, with the multiple character perspectives we use, we had an endpoint that we really wanted to hit, and it changed obviously because right. writing, you know, <laughs> the whole the whole ending changed. But yeah, it was it was a lot of fun to write a character that uh, started doing things outside of myself, and what I found worked was when I did start noticing it, I just started, I just had to go back to the drawing board with the plot. I was like, this character wouldn't make that decision. So that can't happen. Um, or it can't happen the same way. And I think, I think that's, that's like the fun of writing.
1: Oh yeah. And, and you know, I, I'm thinking back to when I was writing the first draft of this book, um, I was performing, um, in a show. I was, I was traveling to and from this show every day, about a four hour round trip. Cause I do a lot of musical theater and, um, and so I was on the train and, and on a bus and such. And, um, you know, I had this guy in the pit who was a guitarist playing for the show. And he was reading my my chapters as I would go. And so I gave him a few right away, you know, not expecting a whole lot. And then he read it and I was like, he was like, dude, what's, gonna, what's next? Give me the next chapter. I was like, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I will get on that. And so I was writing almost like a chapter a day for a while, it felt like. Um, but it was so exciting, you know, because somebody else was really interested in this story and these characters, and was asking questions and and, and throwing ideas out, and you know, I, and sometimes I would use them, sometimes I wouldn't, sometimes I, I would ask questions back, and it was like it was really nice because, you know, this was somebody who was just genuinely interested in the story becoming a part of the process in an early draft, and and that really helped. Um, but at the same time, you know, I was writing a chapter, at a time, and, and not really planning too much in ahead of time. I knew where it was going to end roughly. Um, however, I will say that when I look back at my old outline, it, it, it's fairly different um, overall. <laughs> but but you know I did have the overall idea still there, which is and the core of the characters still there. So that was good. But it was interesting to see from chapter to chapter, you know, these characters did some crazy things, and and I edited those those out most of the time. But um, but but it was a great ride.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely feel everything you just said. Um... One of my characters original plot he was supposed to die it didn't <laughs> but uh, i think we got halfway through the book and i was like there's just no way i was like this this doesn't work it could no one's gonna believe it if we do that and my brother he was he was a good sport about it so <laughs> that's good yeah so and that's character death is to. one
1: of those things i I have to say, I did not expect certain people to die when I was writing originally, and when I'm working on the series as a whole, I didn't expect to want to kill off certain people. Um, uh, but um, no no spoilers for the series, but people die that I was not expecting, and people live that I was not expecting, and people end up together that I was not expecting, because there's chemistry involved within the characters, and and you as a writer, I think, just have to sit in the back seat and let them drive and just... Just uh, write down what you're observing, right?
0: Yep. How does it, um, how, how does it feel when you're, when you're writing the character death?
1: Oh, um, you know, it's a mixed emotion because <laughs> I am one of those people. I play a lot of video games and uh, specifically RPGs. And uh, I, it brings me back to good old KOTOR days because I was evil as can be. I would kill and, and and charisma my way out of every problem. And <laughs> so so writing a character death is almost like a almost like a sweet treat sometimes. I feel like, you know, for me I'm like, ooh, this is going to get some emotion out of people. Uh I think this is going to be interesting. Uh, you know, but at the same time, I I do feel a little bad because oftentimes the characters that I end up killing, they die, they die for an important reason and 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 I connected with them as, as a writer. I didn't think that I would enjoy certain characters as much. And I actually fleshed out, once I knew they were dying for sure, if, if it was a spur-of-the-moment death that I just happened to write that moment, I went back and I made sure to flesh them out a little bit more beforehand because I hate when you're reading a book and and a character comes in, they're only there for like a scene or two, and then they, they leave, and then they, when they come back, they die, and you're like, was that supposed to mean something? Uh, yep <laughs> when i had that happen for myself i was like "Ooh, I, I need to make sure that they they mean something and and they do and they continue to mean something through the series they don't just mean something in that moment but mm. um i can't tell you the number of messages <laughs> i've received so far from a few people who have read the book and they said you know i'll leave out names and things but they said oh my gosh i can't believe so and so died i wanted to hate you and then they sent me a message not back, not long after that. After reading a little bit further, and said, "Okay, I guess I forgive you."
0: <laughs> those are the best feelings. Those are, oh yeah, those yeah are the best. I knew I,
1: I knew I had gotten it right when I got those messages. I was like, "Okay."
0: It's like, I was <laughs> upset, but I see, I see what yeah, you're doing.
1: They said, "You, you, you saved yourself with that beautiful scene after." So, okay, I guess <laughs> it's all right.
0: <laughs> yeah. So. I want to switch gears a little bit and ask uh, another question. So what what do you see as, as a big mistake that people make during their debut or things that you've noticed uh, making your debut?
1: Oh, good question. I would say that some of the biggest mistakes that people make with their debut and, and myself included in a few of these is rushing to the process. You know, we, we as writers are so ex- excited when we have a finished story and it's been through a couple beta readers, maybe even at that point, that we we just rush to put it online. We want people to have that book in their hands. We don't think we don't think twice about proofreading or or maybe checking once again for more plot holes. Um, you know, we we just let ourselves get the better of us sometimes when we when we have something because we're so excited. So I think that's one mistake that I've seen some people make. Um, I myself did make a slight mistake with my debut in that. I only sent it to one proofreader, um, outside of myself and my wife and the editor. And that is not something I will do again, because I did not realize, I think at the time how important it was to have multiple, multiple sets of eyes on that final copy, if you will, because I found, and I had somebody else tell me they found one or two typos in the book that I thought I'd caught. Um, and, and and I thought we're taken care of before I hit that publish button, but apparently not. So I learned my lesson on that one and I already have some people lined up to proofread the book, uh, the second book when it's, when it's ready. And I will continue to do so with every book after that. Um, and then another one that I think I've noticed as far as mistakes with debut goes is,
0: <clears throat>
1: is that... You know, sometimes it's easy to set a deadline and feel like you have to do that deadline that you set for yourself because, you know, you you told, let's say you told your mom or, or your best friend that your book is, is going to be done on, on February 1st. Well, January 25th rolls around and and you're not done with it. You think, oh my gosh, I have to stay up t- 24 hours a day and, and write, write, write and get this done because so-and-so will, will think I'm, unprofessional or I'm not a writer if I don't finish it like I said but you know deadlines deadlines move things Mm -hmm. happen life happens traditionally published authors have this problem sometimes too you know as I know I've read a few stories here and there of big name authors having to move their deadlines because xyz didn't happen you know and I think that's one of the big things that people forget is that we are people we make mistakes life happens don't let your book get in the way of life but also do set deadlines because I think those are important mm. to, to get those, to get things done, otherwise you, you will, you'll have a deadline of never. And then that's when it will get done.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's a perfect way to say it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you touched on two really important points. Like one is don't rush the process. I feel like I've been looking at the same manuscript since August mm-hmm. and I, it's, it's because everyone that I've talked to, I said that very thing, like wait until it's done like go through the process take your time as frustrating as (laughs) thinking you're because your man's honestly like i feel like my manuscripts are never going to be finished Mm -hmm. i always feel like there's something i can add or another there's always something there's always something you'll feel like you can you can contribute and then the proofreading is super important too because i sent it to a proofreader a few weeks ago, spent a good amount of money and still found a mistake or two. And I was like, this is crazy. So I have to send it to another person before we publish because it's, it's important, like it, it's the little things that really count and yeah, it takes time. And unfortunately that's something that not everyone wants to wait. <laughs> yeah. And, and actually you brought up a
1: good point that, that I would also add to the list of debut mistakes and that's investment because I was lucky to recoup my investment a month, even two weeks, I think, after release. Now I haven't gotten the the paycheck yet for that, but you know royalties get paid months after, so won't talk about that. But <laughs> um, but we're still making better royalties than some traditionally published authors, uh, regardless, uh, not the same numbers. But anyway. Um, you know uh, we sometimes think that we have to spend all of this money and we have to pay this amount and this amount and, and if we don't then our book's not going to be good but but at the same time you have to realize don't spend more money than you are willing to lose mm-hmm. on your book because i've seen so many people publish a book and i've heard so many stories about people who have published a book and made almost nothing back and they're like but i loved my book i love the story people said they loved the story And it's like yes but but you have to realize it's also a business, you know, and, and that's, the, that's the tough side, I think, for, for especially self-published indie authors, you know, that, that you have to realize there is a business side to this and you have to think about those things. And, and at the end of the day, it's not worth losing $1,000 on, on a story that, you know, that you really love. Just do what you can, but send it to a friend to proofread if you, if you can't afford a, a professional proofreader who enjoys reading um send send it to see if see if you're your librarian or your your old english teacher uh, you know the that's iffy sometimes but but if if that's what you can afford and they will do it for you for free let them take a pass at it don't take all of their suggestions maybe but but let them take a pass at it because they they know a little bit more than you probably do about grammar and 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 syntax and such but but also maybe invest in maybe if you have a hundred and something dollars maybe invest in pro writing aid do a pass mm-hmm. through that, and and take the suggestions as you will. But but at least at least get it edited a little bit because you know that's that's where the, the the good money I think goes toward editing, and and cover, and then the proofreading. You can have some some friends do it if you if you can. But but don't overspend because that is such a big mistake to make. And and you don't want to feel you don't want to regret that mistake after you've put this book out into the world. You don't want to be sitting there waiting. To see those numbers go up on KDP's website, that that may never go up.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's it's so important to remember that because one of the first things I thought about early on in the process is how much are you willing to lose on this book? Mm -hmm. Because it's a passion project until you you actually start making money. Yeah, (laughs) it's just it's gambling, and it could be fun to gamble, but like you have to decide. We we actually ran a GoFundMe campaign to cover a lot of the costs because I wasn't willing to lose too much money. So <laughs> and, I, smart. I, and obviously I've, i i put some of my own money into the book because by default, they're just, the GoFundMe didn't get everything, but mm-hmm. it's important because just remembering that you have to, you have to be d- diligent in the business process. Um, and there's a point where there's, it's no longer about writing. And it is about the business. It is about marketing. It is about making sure you're getting your book out to as many people as you can and all that stuff. And I think that's a, that's a hard piece for a lot of people to recognize and realize that at some point, once the books, once you publish the book, you have to still do more. Mm-hmm. And you have to do a lot leading up because it is a business So you're competing for your attention, um, at the end of the day. So yeah.
1: Yeah. And writing the book is the, is the step what, probably step three, I'd say almost because you have to market it and promote it before you can even, well, yeah, I mean, you should have the finished product almost close to that time because you should start marketing your book earlier on. But, but at the same time, you know, you can't, you can't market a product that's not there. But yeah, I mean, you have to start promoting and, and advertising and marketing and, and engaging with the author community and readers before you even have this book out into the world so that they know it's coming out. So they'll buy it. But, but like you said, you know, you're not done have you don't hit publish sit back in your chair smoke a cigar and wait for the money to roll in you know it's 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 a it's a it's a rough business and um and if you're expecting millions of dollars uh, i have to tell you you're it's probably not gonna happen unless you are are the the best writer in the world uh with your first book now mm-hmm. granted that may happen when you publish book 20 because I see many, many people who have published multiple books and are raking in good money because they are consistently publishing, but you know it takes time, mm-hmm. and, and it takes passion, and you don't want to ruin, you don't want to burn out, you know. So, so take it easy along the along the way.
0: Yeah, be 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 intentional. That's. That's really my big thing right now. Um, we're working on book two already, obviously, cause it's hard to just not write. So, so we are we're like, you're working on book two, but book one isn't out yet. So still focusing some attention there. And now we're at the point where we're marketing and all that stuff. So it is, it is important because a lot of times people make mistakes throughout the process, either not getting information, spending too much money moving too fast it it i thought this book was going to come out back in december to be honest it's probably not coming out till or we're probably not releasing it until march but for the longest time i thought december just like you were like oh you're telling people when it's going to come out i was yeah. dead set on december i was like this is going to be easy you know how fast the beta readers are going to read this it's yeah. a couple of months Oh yeah. <laughs> it's a couple more months than i thought it would take but yeah it, they were great, and I, I'm glad we ended up getting a, I think, fifteen beta readers, and they were great at giving us feedback and doing a whole bunch with us to make the story even better. And I'm glad we went through the process because for so long I just wanted to skip it. I was like, I was like, dude, <laughs> I have to wait another day. But I'm ultimately it all, it'll all pay off no matter what because the final product. I mean, the cover. Um, I, I want to ask you about your cover, but I know for my cover my cover artist he's one of uh he's a really close friend of mine he's a graphic designer mm-hmm. he's amazing like he he has a he actually got one of his graphics put into NBA 2K for no some yeah <laughs> dude's dude's nice for um for one of someone's cover art for their album so he was he's like he's really good I didn't realize that because he's so good it t- it's going to take him a while to get through yeah. and it's, it's taken a while. It took about four months for him to complete the cover. Um, but the final product is, is really, really cool. And it's something I, I couldn't even come up with myself, but yeah, I, I think that process is another, another thing that I see some people, um, especially in some of the Facebook groups I'm a part of and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll ask them, Like, hey, maybe if you really want people to buy this book, the packaging matters too.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, the the old saying is don't judge a book by its cover, (laughs) but I guarantee you every single person that walks into Barnes & Noble and clicks on Amazon's website is judging that book by its cover. They don't even read – they're not even reading the title first. I, I almost would guarantee that. I would love to see a scientific study actually showing the retinas and their movement on a page or on a bookshelf and seeing what they, what they gravitate toward first because I, I would guarantee it's, it's book cover, then it's the title, and then it's your name, and then it's the blurb, and then if they like all that, if, you, if you're like me, you'll skip to page one in the book and you'll read the first page and you'll see if you like the writing style. But I think if you, if you can get them to open the book and read page one or even just read the blurb and put that in the bag, you you did well, but yeah, I think the cover is such an important thing to focus on because I've seen some bad covers, you know, <laughs> and, and I've seen some amazing covers on some books that, that I did not love, but I bought it because of the cover and the blurb. And, and, and you know, it's, it's funny because they still got the money, even I, even though I didn't enjoy the book or maybe it didn't even finish the book, mm-hmm. but you know, I, and, and I did the same thing. I went to a graphic designer, a friend of mine from undergrad, um, he is an amazing graphic designer, does a lot of, of cool art. Um, and he even, he even live streams sometimes when he's working on his awesome. art, which is really neat. And he does analog and digital sometimes. Um, yeah. Um, cause he started his own brand TV art and, and he, he does a lot of great work and I knew that he was talented in the graphic design department. Right. And, and, and he hadn't done many books before. But I knew that he could. He also, funny enough, did the photos for my wife and mine, our wedding, <laughs> and engagement photos. Uh, the guy is multi. Crazy
0: talented, crazy yeah. talented. And,
1: and I knew I was like, you know, I'd rather reach out to somebody who I know personally and I know could do a good job and will try hard to make this work. Mm-hmm. And he, a hundred percent, delivered. Delivered. <laughs> delivered. <Yeah. laughs> And I have to say I really love the cover. It it came through a little bit of, you know, communication. I had some initial ideas and then and then he um sent me something based off of my original design which which was terrible because of my original design to be <laughs> honest. Uh, and then I just described what I was looking for and then he sent me a copy and I was like, "Wow, that's great." And then <laughs> I gave him a few other suggestions that we tried that were trash and we ended up going back to almost what was close to the first one that he did so he he was very patient um (laughs) but the process took you know probably a couple months i'd say i gave him i think i gave him a couple months even earlier than i needed and and that's something i would recommend actually is is give your cover designer plenty of time to Mm -hmm. work because artists are busy but also art takes time right just like it took you time to to write the book it's going to take them time to create this design and, and to actually illustrate the design and and also oh my gosh, the learning curve there is with, with publishing this book cover oh Ingram Spark and KDP separately, you gotta know how to, how to get the measurements right, and you need to make sure that you're following their templates, because it can be so painful to put up a book cover, or a book even, and have them ship you the proof copy, and it's cutting off part of your, part of your book cover, or your name, or, or who knows what, you know, and And I mean, we went back and forth like, man, I hate this company for what they're making us do right now. But in the end, at the end of the day, you know, we fixed it, we, we did what they wanted and it looks amazing. And, and also he was very affordable because we, like I said, he hadn't done many of these before, but, but I would have paid double probably, um, what I paid and, and got the same, you know, results and be happy because he, he was truly amazing. And, and uh, you know, but that that being said, I also I also really wouldn't discourage people, other authors from creating their own if they can
0: mm-hmm.
1: or, or if they don't have the money to to get a cover designer to try it themselves, at least just for an ebook, you know, and put that out there until you make a little bit of money to get a, a, a redesign of a cover because authors do that, you know. Yeah. Um, or maybe reach out to a friend who is also at the same experience level as you. And collaborate on something, or 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 tell them, you know, I will give you X amount of money after, you know, once I get the royalties and and create a contract and, you know, make it work. But ultimately, same thing as as before when we were saying, don't break the bank to make it happen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, cover cover is so important.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's literally the first thing most people see with your book mm-hmm. by default. So it's like if you if you can invest that's a good place to do it. That and editing are super important because you really need someone else to look at your book. You need someone to give you feedback. Can't just, as much as we might think we know, we know how to tell our story best. Some people point out plot holes and you're just like, oh, yeah. No matter how many times I read this, <laughs> that never yeah. stuck out.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's because what? We authors, we know what happens, right? It's all in our head. The characters are all there. Everything's there. We know what happens. Why do we need to tell you? You're just the reader. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I forgot to write yeah. that. There's, uh, I think there there's one part of a with a beta read, which was hilarious. This guy goes, so I'm trying to understand like this, con- this religion a little bit. Um, I feel like. You're you're hinting at it, but no one's saying anything. And I was like, "Yeah, you're 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 right." <laughs> I was like, "We actually haven't said anything because we, my brother and I, we both know it. So the, we just wrote it as if the characters all knew, and we yeah. never had them ever bring it up or never really discussed it. And it's a huge part of the story. So then, in reflection, we uh, <laughs> went back and added <laughs> a little bit more detail. We actually added a, a scene that ended up being a lot of people. Um, who didn't make it as far as that first beta reader. We added that scene and and then when they got sent the chapter, they uh they all responded so well to it. And I was like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like this is why I needed the feedback. <laughs> um, but it, it that that stuff happened throughout the entire process. But yeah, all like the cover art is is one of those areas where if you can afford an artist, then by all means go for it. I, I wouldn't even say go after one that's like $1,500 because sometimes it gets, like that world gets super expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, so stay within your budget, but if you can find someone, then great. If you can't, then still look, because there's a lot of people who will attempt it or work on it with you. Um, one thing that I really, uh, that someone, someone told me was, remember that there's college students who graduated who need portfolios and needs mm. something for their portfolio. And a lot of them will do that kind of work for free. It just takes looking and putting out, just putting a call out and seeing if you can get any, um, grads and stuff like that. So yeah, definitely check he- groups, right.
1: Check groups on Facebook and Instagram and, and follow other authors because sometimes authors I've seen a few authors now who have just started making their own pre-made covers to sell as a side mm. business. And, and speaking of there's plenty of pre-made covers out there yep. on certain websites that people are selling for quite cheap. So, you know, if you if you can accept a certain pre-made cover for your story and it'll work well enough, I'd say, go for it, save the money, use yeah. that cover.
0: Yeah. Because that it, it just huge savings in, in certain areas you do want to be able to save because the processes can be expensive if you do everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want to take too much more of your time, but I wanted to ask, what inspires you what keeps you going what keeps you motivated
1: oh wow um well to be honest i've always had a huge drive and ambition to to just keep going in life um hmm. everything a career and, and medically and, and just life in general but um i mean even one of my doctors just the other day said he he was like man you are the most even keel person and like go go lucky person i've ever met after looking at my chart when i had three major surgeries last year and uh and he hadn't seen me since before that so um you know i think i think the motivation is always just just i know that whatever i'm working on needs to be done for a reason right you know I'm telling this story specifically with the book it's it's I'm telling this story for a reason. I'm reaching I'm reaching people with this and and if I don't put it out there it's just going to it's just going to go to waste in my head which eventually is going to lose the story. Mm-hmm. And and I and I think at the end of the day too it's it's partially I want to be a published author. I want to I want to see my name on the bookshelves because I remember going to the bookstore you know as a young young person and and browsing the books section and just and loving I always had to buy a book when I went in and I love seeing all of those covers and names and Stephen King is always a name that I you know I've always enjoyed mm-hmm. seeing on the on the shelf both in the bookstore and at home and and I would love for somebody to see my name on a book one day and say ah I love that author and I love this series or I love that book and 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 to be honest I think ultimately I do it I'd do it for that one person, that nameless person out there that that needs this story, that needs to to have this book in their hands. Because I know there are billions of people in the world, but there's at least one person who needs to hear your story.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's powerful. That's powerful. I, I definitely I definitely agree. And I think I couldn't say it better than what you just said. <laughs> that's a great thing to to stay motivated by and stay inspired by. Um, where can people connect with you online?
1: Great question. I have a website. It's lane I also have Instagram and TikTok, both of which are lane northcut underscore author. And I have a Facebook page, which is lane northcut, comma author. Um, besides that, uh, I also have uh, SoundCloud and various other things. I'm a man of many hats. <laughs> and. Um, if you want to connect with me, you can find me on most anything. A simple Google search, I think, brings up about twenty different pages that have my name attached to them. So, if you want, if you want to get a hold of me, you you can email me or message me on Instagram or or TikTok, and I am always happy to engage with with fellow authors and readers and and just anyone. I'm a people person, so so reach out.
0: Yes, and where can they find the book?
1: It is available everywhere books are sold, but currently the <laughs> ebook is specifically in kindle unlimited right now and will be for a few months at least and the paperback is available at most retailers including amazon and barnes and noble
0: word 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 now one last question before you go um what's one thing you wish you knew before you published your book Ooh.
1: <laughs> man that's a good one um to be honest, I think the one thing specifically for me because I'm writing a trilogy and I published book one, the one thing I wish I knew was how hard it was gonna be to meet and exceed the expectations of the readers of book one for the sequel
0: because mm-hmm.
1: um, I'm working on the sequel right now and 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 nearing nearing the the first draft of that and and man, it is difficult when you have all these people giving you thoughts and 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 questions about book one that some of them are are really great questions that you think yeah i should probably answer that shouldn't i and <laughs> and uh, yeah that character is pretty cool aren't they um and, and yeah i think the one thing i wish i would have known going in is is the work is not done and it will never be done and, and you just got to keep going because that's uh, yeah it's 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 a tough road out there
0: mm. Yeah, the work's never done. I'm glad I'm hearing this from you first. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for coming on and making time. I know I just just hit you up a couple days ago, but uh, I'm glad we were able to connect. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Feel free to follow me on Instagram at inspiredbyjamil and check out my website, inspiredbyjamil.com for more resources. Peace. Yeah, uh, yeah, check it out, uh, yeah, maybe I was meant to give you my life in the first, the symptoms of curse, started from the bottom, ain't no way that we gon' see worse, a product of environments that can't believe in you first, they need to see results, just watch out as when leeching the curse, young, black, creative, just trying to make it, interracial dating, money making, black, power activists is never basic,